to the God Coffee and Resilience Podcast, where you can get your weekly dose of confidence, motivation, and inspiration in the midst of adversity. In every segment, we will discuss faith, life's obstacles that try to get in our way, and how we can maintain our resilience with God and a whole lot of coffee. I am Reese, your host. Grab a mug of your choice and come on in. everyone. Welcome back to God Coffee and Resilience with Reese. Um, today we have a very special person on our podcast today. Her name is Teresa Pry, And today she's going to be telling us her story of resilience. And first of all, hello. And thank you for being hello. on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Yes, and I'm excited for you to tell the audience all about your story of resilience and how you came out on the other side and all the things. But before we get into that, I always like to start with an icebreaker. And I've been on a roll with this one. I've been <laughs> I've been stomping some people with this question. What are three things that most people wouldn't assume about you or know about you? Like at all. <laughs> Oh, gosh. And I just finished saying, I am so open and everybody knows everything about me. Um, let's see. I What are three things? I have never seen The Godfather, any of the movies, never, ever. Um, don't let my husband know that. He, he'll be upset. And then <laughs> I am um, not really afraid of bugs necessarily. Maybe some people know that about me, but... Uh, insects and stuff like that don't tend to really bother me. And then what's the third thing people don't really know about me? Um, even though I used to be a runner, I hate running. <laughs> I think it's completely well, we overrated. Agree. Yeah, we can agree. <laughs> I don't do any type of cardio. I can be on the treadmill for like two seconds and I'll be like, God, did I reach five minutes yet? Has it been 20 minutes yet? And I'm like, it's only been two minutes. That's a lie. Like, I'm tired. I'm out of breath. I'm getting off of this and I'm going to go lift weights. Like, so I rather like I'm, <laughs> I'm not a fan, not a fan at all. But it, that, which sounds weird because people remember me being a runner. <laughs> Did you run like in high school, college? In high school, yeah, yeah. Awesome. My brother did track, and I was like, "Good luck." But he was going into the service. He was he was training, trying to get himself ah. together. And I mean, he gets out of the National Guard next year in October, and he can't wait because he is what just tired of the PT <laughs> test and like yes. tired of them calling him every time there's like the hurricane just happened in New Orleans. Bless those people. It is. And they called him and they were just like, so be on standby because you might have to go. And he was like, see, this is what I'm talking about. I'm like, this is what you signed up for. This is what I tried to warn you about. And you didn't want to listen to me. So. All lessons, <laughs> all lessons. It's all good. I tell people it's just seasons, right? Seasons of life. It's just seasons, <laughs> right. So where are you located? So currently I live in um, Atlanta, Georgia. I've been here since 2012, but I'm originally from Texas, which is where I think I get the I'm not afraid of bugs thing. <laughs> and I'm in Texas. I just moved to Texas maybe like four months ago. And so oh, I'm in Plano. Yeah. Oh, Plano. Yep, yep, yep. So I grew up down by uh, the Gulf of Mexico and a little tiny town. Yeah. Small town girl here. <laughs> yes. 
And I'm getting a kick out of seeing, like, I go to the grocery store or um, the gas station and these little men will pop out the car and they have on their little cowboy hat and the little um, yes. belt bustle and with their little shoes. And they're serious. They're really serious. They're very and serious. Wrong. Yep. And it's, it's a very serious um, endeavor there. Yeah. There's real cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> yes. and I, I asked a question and I think I might have embarrassed myself, but it's OK. And I was just like, so is the Texas Rangers real? And they were like, yeah, it's a real thing. And I was like, so do they dress like Walker, Texas Ranger? Like, do they ride horses? And they were like, no. And I'm like, so why are they called the Texas Rangers? <laughs> I wanted to know. I was like, so if they're right, not like right. Walker, Texas Ranger, then what are they doing? And they were like, mostly they're dressed in regular clothes and they only come in if it's like big notch, top secret. I'm like, like the CIA, FBI. And they were like, yeah. I'm like, but then that takes the fun out of things because we got regular police officers. Why don't we have the Rangers? And they was like, that's not what they do. And I was mad. <laughs> that kind of bust your bubble. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to see them riding down the street on the horse. And they were like, no, you're not. <laughs> but there are some cops in Texas that ride the horses still in some of the cities. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's not dead. It, it's still there. People just don't want me to be happy. No. Well, welcome to Texas, and I hope you settle in, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes I finally unpacked, so that's great. <laughs> oh, that's a big, mm, that's a big undertaking. Yeah. yeah, from Virginia to Texas, I was just like, oh, Lord. But I made it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess my first question would be like, what was it like growing up? Like, did you have siblings? Um, where did you grow up? Which would be Texas. Like, yeah, my little town, my little town of Texas. Um, well, yeah, so it was small. And I would say, so I didn't have any siblings that I grew up with necessarily. I have, I have um, step-siblings, adopted siblings, that sort of thing. That And some that I've never met, actually, because I've been adopted myself. And um, so, yeah, I grew up with an, you know, an adopted, adoptive, excuse me, mother. And it was kind of me, me and her against the world for... A little while and um, she reached out to my birth father when I was about three and said, you know, I think I adopted your little girl and if you want to be part of her life, um, wonderful. And if you don't, I understand. And he said, absolutely, you know. Um, so my father and and mother, you know, on that side of my, my family are part of my life and have been since I was three, which is really cool. So um, yeah, just kind of grew up technically as an only child, but I do have, you know, uh, siblings that I, that I get along with and, you know, they're my brothers and sisters now. Um, but it's really funny whenever people ask me about my family, I say, I don't have a family tree. I have a family bush. <laughs> it kind of just like spreads out. There's like, there's like all these different parts of it. I usually have to like draw a diagram <laughs> at some point. Yeah, so it gets really, you know, pretty complicated, but it's it's really neat to have like um just different different people that I, you know, that I've called parents over the years and um even like, you know, like best friends when you're growing up, like their parents become your parents type of thing, yes. you know, that sort of thing. So yeah, small town, just kind of 
knew everybody, was related to a lot of people. Um, my mother was, uh, you know, Mexican. So even though I'm of, um, you know, biracial as far as black and white goes, I was raised in a, in a Latin, you know, kind of family. And so that was really cool too. Grew up speaking Spanish and just kind of really, yeah, just really my Texas roots are a little bit more, you know, something that I resonate with sometimes. And so, yeah, it was a little bit of a culture shock for me, a little small town, Texas girl to go up to college, you know, near Dallas, Texas, where it's very different, you know, <laughs> demographic. <laughs> and um, I had to kind of come out of my shell, right, when I went off to college. So, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Um Growing up, I mean, just I tell people all the time, didn't have much, but you don't always you don't always know it when you're little, little sometimes. And um, yeah, just had lots of different family members to to lean on, which was nice. And you mentioned you came up this way, like towards Dallas to go to school. What school did you go to? I went to Texas Women's University. I always tell people it sounds so archaic, Texas Women's University, but it's real, right? And it is (laughs) co-ed. But that's up in Denton, right? North of Dallas. And so um, I went there to dance, actually. I was a dance major and got my degree in in dance performance. Yeah, it was really cool. What type of dance? Mostly, TW is mostly kind of known for its modern dance. But of course, you know, when you study it, you have to study everything, tap and jazz and ballet and African. And, you know, like there are so many cool things that I got to learn. Yeah, it was really neat. But that was that was my first real test of um, resilience, as you say. It was I had never really taken dance before, <laughs> and I decided to audition for a dance program and major in it um, with not a whole lot of experience other than you know like dance team and my little Texas town <laughs> type of thing. And so that was my first um, exposure to doing something really difficult that. I was very much a, you know, a small fish in a big sea all of a sudden. Um, but I, I figured it out. <laughs> I persevered. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. My mom, I remember when I was young, my mom used to say, I'm going to put you in ballet. I don't think she ever did. Well, I wouldn't remember that. Yeah, I don't think I she ever remember. Did. Yeah, because I'm the only girl. Oh, so, no. of course, she wanted to throw bows in my hair and put me in tutus and stuff and all the things. Like, I'm a little puppet. I'm her little puppet. But it was um, it was cute. I have pictures in tutus, but I don't think I actually did ballet. <laughs> I, I think I was like two or three. Yeah, no, I did. I didn't get the chance at all until... You know, I'm 18 years old. I'm in college and it's like for a grade. (laughs) And here I am trying to figure it out. I remember calling home for the first like two weeks, crying every day to my mom. I was like, it's like they're speaking a different language. And she was like, yes, Miha, they are. It's French. (laughs) She told me. (laughs) One of my favorite memories. When I was going to college, I think for the first month, I drove home every weekend. It's just like you can't wait to get out of the parents' house, and then you finally get out, and you're just like, what is this? I'm going home. (laughs) This is is so much I have to feed myself. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to go home. I miss home. Well, what was it? um, 
So you went to school for dance and then after you graduated, what, what came next? Well, I, I already knew that I wanted to go into physical therapy from high school. So, you know, back when I was running track, right. In high school, um, we were on, we we're at a meet and we finished the meet and we were driving home really late at night on our school bus. And um, our school bus was actually hit by a train. We were on the tracks, wrong time, wrong place. And um, we were struck. And it was just one of those moments of, um, you know, it could have been so much worse. Thank goodness nobody lost their life. Um, but there was some, you know, serious injuries and it was my entire, you know, the girls track team, the boys team was on another bus behind us. And so I don't know if you can imagine being separated by a train and knowing that you've got sisters, friends, girlfriends, you know, on the other side of that train and not knowing, you know, if they were okay or what happened. And, and, um, so I had to go to physical therapy and kind of forfeit, you know, the rest of that season and, um, that was the first time I had never heard of physical therapy. And I think this is a lot of like people in medicine or healthcare. Sometimes they get right. Like they get involved in something and they go, I've never, I never knew about this before. You know, it's the personal experience sometimes. And so being in PT for, um, you know, several months after that really was like a, turning point of like, I want to do this. This is so cool. You know, like you get to help people and, and, you know, help them with their injuries. And I just watched people come and go at the clinic that I went to in that, in my little town and pick the PT's brain, you know, how do you do this? (laughs) How do you get into this? Um, And so I was told, you know, in order to get to PT school, you just need a bachelor's degree. It doesn't matter what it's in, you know, you're just going to have to get your prereqs, get your bachelor's. And um, so that was my Hail Mary of like, oh, I finally get to dance. Like, even if it's only for four years, like I finally get to dance because I could to study anything I want. Yes, <laughs> anything. So that was like really my, my pass through point. Um, I didn't realize I was going to love it as much as I did. Um, I didn't realize I was going to go pro <laughs> in dancing <laughs> in, in those few short years, but I did. And, and I, I really wrestled with like, do I continue this path, even though it's later in life? Um, Or do I continue what I originally set out to do at the mere age of 14, which was, you know, I'm going to be a physical therapist, and I'm going to help people. And um, so I, you know, at that crossroads, I, I went straight into PT school and flew out to Los Angeles, California, knew nobody out there. (laughs) Another, let me just do the next thing, you know, right. That I don't know anything about. And, but same thing, just kind of figured it out and, and made it through PT school, um, limping and all because goodness gracious, uh, I don't think people realize how brutal (laughs) some of these programs are, you know, (laughs) yes. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure until I actually walked (laughs) across the stage, but, um, yeah, just, made it through, made it through PT school with all of those trials and tribulations and, and um, got to the other side and said, that's what, you know, that's what I set out to do all those years before. So, yeah. I love it. So you, your, your original passion came back to you and you were like, 
this one, that one, this one, that one. Okay, I'm going to go back to this one. And yeah, right. so you, still love, you can still love dance and do PT or be a, a PT, um, but you right. you went for, you know, <laughs> what'd you say? Right. Of course, <laughs> there's there's the idea of stability there, right? You know, and and something that's high demand and that sort of thing. But, um, but yeah, I, I agree that the experience dancing I mean, I was able to work with professional dancers as a PT. I was able to speak their language and understand exactly what they were going through. And um, so that was really cool. I, I believe firmly now, after I've been through a few identity crises, right, <laughs> that everything you come through, everything that you experience is only there to support and help the next step, you know, no, no matter yes. what it is. And yeah. I was just about to say, like, only the Lord knew. He knew. He was just like, yeah, she, if she's going to do physical therapy. I mean, of course, there's people who play sports, but I don't think people think about dancers a lot. When you think about PT, you think about the old people who got arthritis and different things going <laughs> yeah. on or the yeah. back hurts or people that got in the car accidents and things like that. But I don't think even me included, I don't think about dancers going to physical mm-hmm. therapy. And I'm like, but why not? So yes, right. So it's a beautiful. whole um, it's its own thing. Absolutely, yeah. Well, so what? What came? So you you went to PT school. You walked across that stage. You became a physical mm-hmm. therapist, and then how long were you working in PT before you decided? I think I want to go entrepreneur route. Like, how did that come about? Yeah. I mean, I I would credit, you know, because I graduated in 2008 for as a physical therapist and I credit um, my now husband, you know, we were dating at the time that he was very much like, you know, you should open your own place because he saw that I had this very niche, like working with dancers or being, you know, just working with people um, on a different level. I was very much sought out for um, how empathetic I was and how much I paid attention to the whole person and not just their injury and, and that sort of thing. And, um, so I wrote my first business plan in 2008, right after uh-huh. I graduated. Um, but I started my first, you know, like iteration of my business in 2017. So almost 10 years later, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, like learning, working, working in different um, environments. I worked in infectious disease. I worked um, in outpatients. I I did different things and it really all, you know, I think helped and colored my, my experience. But um, I just had my anniversary for four years in business yesterday. Yay, yay. <laughs> well, happy anniversary. Happy belated thank anniversary. You. Thank you. Thank you. Big milestone, you know, as you know, for, yeah. for these, you know, types of things that we do. But I started, you know, physical therapy practice with a Pilates studio integrated because okay. I also I've been teaching Pilates also since 2001. So for 20 years, I've been working with people's bodies, period, you know, teaching right. them, moving them, helping them, healing them. And, um, and so I integrated the two and came up against my next little identity crisis <laughs> of do I still want to practice physical therapy in its traditional form? In its traditional and, um, in its traditional form and in, in the traditional, you know, like I said, I was already 
kind of a, you know, not as um, falling in line as some of my colleagues that I came through some of the different clinics I worked in. I, I really just wanted to take that step back and understand people's emotional health and um, what else was going on at home. And I was very, just very patient centered and, and that used to butt yes. heads with <laughs> some of the places <laughs> that I would work. And um, yeah, while it was finally my turn to do things my way, you yes. do, you come up, you come up to the truth pretty quickly of, well, there's a reason why they did things a certain way. While right. you may not have agreed with it, business is business, and you've got to figure out how to step in this world now. And oh, so that was a big wake up call for sure. And um, I do appreciate all the experiences I had before that to to let me be humble in that moment and yeah. understand um, if I want to do things differently, I might need to rewrite the entire story. Right. And that's what I did. I um, have shifted over the years to now truly standing in that, in that truth of um, working with energy, working with the emotional health of my clients and my patients and the body all together, because it's so integrated and there's no way to separate it. Yes. And, so and I'm glad you said that. I settled finally, like, it's not just physical therapy. It's not just Pilates. It's everything about your, your health. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause not a lot of people, you don't hear a lot of people talk about like emotional health and things like that. Everything is either medicine or body, body, body or bones and stuff. And then you're just like, okay, bye. And um, yeah. I, <laughs> I do think emotions have a huge role to play. I do psychiatry. So for instance, everybody who come over to the psychiatry side, you always hear them say, well, it took me a while. I tried to do like, um, I tried to run more or I tried to do this. It's like, it's the biggest stigma in the world, which I hope goes right. away at one point, but me too. Me taking too. care of your emotional health is, you know, taboo and you should just pray more or you should just do mm. something else and just walk away. And I'm just like, well, sometimes it's not always that easy. I mean, the Lord can do a lot of things. Yes, he can. Sure. But I'm just like, if you had the flu, um, would you tell yourself to just pray more? If you had a heart attack, would you, or if you broke your leg, um, would you tell yourself just to pray more? Or would you go see the doctor and get the x-ray and get the cast and come to your appointments? I don't think that emotional health should be any different, but a lot of people do. Oh, hold on. But a lot of people <laughs> do, and I just think yeah. that that's being unfair, um, not only to yourself, but you know, I just, I just don't think that's fair. <laughs> no, not but at I all. I do want to act like <laughs> it's where not. did Hilco and um, Soul Body come into play? The Soul Body Doctor, which I like that name. That came into play. <laughs> just I know, like you're so. Long. That was actually kind of given to me. Um, by a client, she, you know, we were discussing um, some like Carl Jung, you know, kind of philosophy and that sort of thing. And she said, you know, that he was really a soul doctor. And um, she said, you're, you're a soul doctor. She said, you're my soul doctor. And I said, but I don't just deal with your soul, right? I'm, I'm healing your body too. We work on, she said, well, then you're a soul body doctor. <laughs> And it kind I of like stuck. It. Like, yeah, exactly. It kind of just stuck. And that's how, you know, 
I was introducing myself and, um, and heel code just came about because it was, it, I don't, you know, I don't want people to feel like it's some mystery of, of connecting their energy and their essence and their emotions to their body and vice versa. Like, I don't want it to feel like it's separate anymore. And um, I like that idea of just like helping somebody crack the code of, merging it all back together, getting people to drop back down into their bodies. We're so disconnected. We're so disassociated from what's going on in our, in our world right now. And it's, it's no wonder, you know, people come to me because their um, heel is hurting, you know, they get left heel pain and they're just like, oh, it's plantar fasciitis. I've had it so many times before. And it's like, well, there's a time when you're not just muscles and bones anymore. There's a time when, well, how is that pain manifesting? Where is it really coming from when uh-huh. you've tried everything else, you know, and when you've um, done all the exercises and you've done all the different things, like, has anybody talked to you about how you're handling your world right now? And I always tell people, I'm not that kind of therapist. I always say, I'm not that kind of therapist, but I understand the the correlation And if that means I need to help you advocate for yourself, if that means we've got to refer you, if that means you just need to take some of your session to talk about things a little bit before we get into moving, that's what we do. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. Because as soon as you said plantar fasciitis, I'm like, yep, yep, yep. And then you're just like, but, and I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Yep. Yep. There's some very clear referral patterns, you know, that happen um, in our bodies that are either coming from other physical places. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of our organs don't have, you know, their own signal to tell us something's wrong. So sometimes it shows up as back pain or it shows up as hip pain or, you know, or something like that. But then there's other things where, um, you know, we're silencing ourselves and we're, you know, stifling our voices and that, you know, energy is blocked. And what is that going to manifest as? How is that going to show up as jaw pain or shoulder pain or, you know, so it's just, it's very connected, all of it. Yes. Oh, Lord. Well, it looks like I'm going to have to come with you. (laughs) I'll be your next client. Um, because I, I, my it, I, and I have it. some things and I'm just like, well, I'm going to go on and make me an appointment because this is interesting. But <laughs> I mean, I'm so happy that you follow your dream. You follow your voice and you stuck out like a sore thumb and you did what you had to do different from your colleagues because that was your purpose. And there's not a lot of people out there doing what you do. So now for people who seek that type of treatment, there is somebody doing it and it's you. Right. <laughs> and then right. I couldn't imagine Absolutely. what it would be like if you didn't do it. So kudos to you. I don't know. I'm happy. Thank you. That's, that's my story of like when I have other PTs or massage therapists or Pilates instructors, you know, these are kind of, you know, in the rehab type movement, body work worlds. When they come to me, they're like, how did you do it? Like, how did you walk away from the student loans? And I mean, obviously I didn't walk away from those, still paying them. But like, how do you walk away and how do you um, identify as something else like that? Like what, 
you know, what did you tell your family or what did you, and I'm just here to share with anybody who's in their own struggle right now of like, I'm not sure how to walk my purpose. I don't know how to do what I meant to do. I'm afraid, you know, of what people are going to think or say. I went through all of that. So believe me, it's totally real, very valid. (laughs) But at the same time, like you said, it's like, where would I be? Like, how would I be feeling? What chronic pain would I still have, right? That I've been able to eradicate because I've been able to be true to myself and move forward and get out of my body in that way. And so, um, yeah, I'm just trying to say, if there's something you want to do and the main thing holding you back is, is how the optics look, you know, to the outside world, like there, there's, there's so many ways to move past that and there's people to talk to and there's um, mentors you can find. And, but if that's the fear, if that's what's holding you back, I, I just hope that I was able to show a little, like you can do it. <laughs> if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> Exactly. And that was that was actually my last question. If you had any advice for anybody who is thinking about branching out from something that is looked upon as odd or outside of the social norm or outside of the way things have always been done, you know, what would you say to them? You'll find your people. You'll find your people. If if you're in the entrepreneurial space and you want to branch out and you want to do things a little differently. I mean, I have a moon circle for crying out loud. I mean, we move with the moon, we plan our months with the moon. And I have women in there that are just so amazed and so like grateful that I'm doing that and I'm helping them in that way. You will find your people, whatever you decide you want to do. They'll be there. Yeah, I think that's beautiful because for the longest, I never thought I would find my people. And I do have days where, like you said, you have identity crisis and you're just like, you know, where am I now? How do I, you know, check in, self check ins. And when right. I moved to Texas, I knew nobody here. When I moved to Virginia, I knew nobody there. So it's just like, right. okay, what are we doing? Why are we here? What are we? And it's so much needed, like uh, meditation and everything, just yes. reconnecting with yourself. So. I'm glad you said that because that's one of the things that I tried to encourage. I talked about on previous episodes was just like, do something for you. It's 24 hours in a day. It's not going to hurt to take 30 minutes or an hour to yourself. You know, you do so much for other people, so much for work. We spend 95% of our lives at work. Please do something for yourself. And I'm hoping that y'all are listening. Yes, take it in. It's it's not only like good for you of course but it's necessary it's so necessary necessary. yes when Mm -hmm. I moved here one of the things I started doing was getting massages every two weeks on payday and so I found out that my body was way more relaxed and I left feeling like a brand new person sometimes I would leave feeling like butter but I would go home and be happy for like the next, you know, couple days or whatever, because I felt good. My back didn't hurt mm-hmm. anymore. I felt great. And so mm-hmm. I think that was important because I never did that before. And I was just like, I think I want to get a massage every two weeks. And when I finally did, I was like, great. I had my nice. little Congratulations. That is, that's huge. That is big. And especially yeah. when you find, you know, somebody you really trust to work on your body like that, like stick it out. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'll stick it out. Well, where can uh, my audience find you, connect with you, support you? Um, 
where can they find you? What's your social media handles or websites that they can connect? Yeah, definitely. Well, I am at myhealcode.com and myhealcode is my handle for, you know, Facebook or Instagram. I just jumped into the TikTok world. So bear with me as I... (laughs) I love it as a consumer. I just finally started creating a few things. And um, and it's little tips like you just said. It's like, you know, give yourself 10 minutes, you know, um, yes. do do a breath work, do some breath work with me, you know, that sort of thing, just some healing components. And um, I do have a group on Facebook where it's my heal code, where we weave the physical and the energy healing together. And so I teach a lot about how your energy healing and your body um, work together. So if anybody likes to um, get a little more lengthier, you know, explanations and trainings and that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, if anybody reaches out via any of those, you know, I answer all of my messages, my emails, that sort of thing. I'm very personal, (laughs) very approachable. But um, any questions, if anybody's like, so how exactly does, you know, energy healing work with my body, you know, no questions too silly for me. I'm, I'm happy to, to dive in. I could talk about this all day. <laughs> yes. You know, I do. No question is too silly and there's no such thing as a stupid question. Only the question you didn't ask. So please yep. contact Miss Pride mm-hmm. and get on your journey to, uh, I always say self-discovery, but also, uh, just here. Mm. You can feel it. My heel code. Yes. My heel code down to the cellular level. I, I've got your back. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed our interview. I have to get you back on here at some point because I truly mm. enjoyed it. And I know I can't wait for the audience to hear this and see what their feedback will be. Um, I wouldn't be mm. surprised if you get some more clients. Definitely me being one of them. Well, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm here to heal. That's my purpose. Yes. So reach out. <laughs> thank yes. you so much for inviting me. Of course. And thank you guys for listening and tuning into this episode. I will see you on the next one. Bye guys. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of God Coffee and Resilience. You can also follow us on Instagram at God Coffee and Resilience Podcast. You can also follow the host, Reese, at The Resilient PA. And you can also check out our website at TheResilientPA.com. Take care, guys.